I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora. Welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast and thanks for tuning in this week. I'm your host Jordan, I'm a mum of one, soon to be two boys and a lover of all things birth and a very passionate storyteller. The goal of Kiwi Birth Tales is to empower, inform, educate and connect families from New Zealand and all over the world, talking about the things that are so often kept to ourselves or shared with only our nearest and dearest because of this taboo that seems to surround sharing stories about birth. All stories deserve to be heard, no story more important than the other, And with this podcast, you'll get a variety without bias. The podcast is not intended for medical advice. I'm not an advocate for any particular mode of birth or birth care. And this platform is simply here to share these beautiful, empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. So I hope you enjoy. In this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Alice. And Alice takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her little son, Leo. And Alice's story is pretty relevant at the moment because if you are living in New Zealand, we have gone back into level four lockdown and Alice actually gave birth last year in level four lockdown. So some really interesting pieces of information and insights in Alice's story. And yeah, I guess I hope that if you're out there, whatever stage you are in your pregnancy, you find this story interesting and helpful and yeah, maybe you even take some tips from it. My only reminder is that all DHBs in New Zealand are different. So all have different rules and regulations and um, what happened for Alice might be different in your DHB. So just a reminder to check in with your midwife. If you're worried or concerned about anything, then she's the best person to talk to about the regulations in your DHB and hopefully, um, yeah, that will help ease any anxieties, but my heart's just going out to every single person, whatever stage of your journey that you're on at the moment, I think lockdown isn't easy for anyone, so yeah, just sending heaps of positive vibes and lots of love out there today with this episode, Um, Alice talks us through her LGA baby, so he was measuring 10 pound 10 I believe they estimated and her decision to have an elective caesarean section under level 4 lockdown last year. She then talks through the postpartum period including her partner leaving hospital which is just a super emotional part of the episode so a pre-warning pre-warning there that you might need your tissues and then she talks us through yeah their postpartum period birth care heading home Um, Some positives of being in lockdown at that sort of stage and then some difficulties that she had with breastfeeding and then she also takes us through secondary infertility so her and her partner Ben have been trying to fall pregnant for um, the better part of a year now and it was discovered that she has a c-section defect so on her scar um yeah, a defect. So she talks us through that and what that process has been like and what happens for her now. So 
a really jam-packed episode and I hope that you find something useful in it or something resonates with you or you just really enjoy listening. So I hope that you get a little bit of a break whenever you get the chance to listen to this episode and like I said earlier, just sending lots of love and positive vibes. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Hi Alice, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hey Jordan, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? All good, thank you. That's good. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yep, so um, I'm Alice and I live in Auckland uh, with my partner Ben and our little boy Leo. Yeah, awesome, cool. And you guys are surviving lockdown? (laughs) Yep, level four. Yeah. (laughs) Life yeah. as a toddler, it's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. And I know that we're obviously here to talk about um, your story, which is quite related because you uh, had a lockdown birth last year. So I'd love for you to take us through what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys, first of all. Yep. Uh, so we, um, I guess um, I was on the pill for... I think roughly 13 years um, and then came off it and um, actually had a marina inserted um, which only lasted about a year and then um, Ben and I thought uh, because I'd been on contraception for so long it would take um, quite a while to get pregnant. Yeah, That's kind of like always what I'd heard or uh, maybe like a myth that I'd you know thought of so we were like um we do want to have babies soon um and maybe we could get my body ready and get all the all the hormone balancing happening and all that stuff so came off the got the marina taken out and um let my body kind of heal for about six months I think and um was just tracking my ovulation and cycles um with just an app um and avoiding getting pregnant I guess yeah (laughs) um and then when the time was right we were kind of like should we start trying you know it might take ages so um yeah it was like um, I was ovulating that weekend and we did it and we got pregnant yeah (laughs) so one straight away which was a huge shock and we just were kind of just like staggered by that like what the hell yeah you know um but pretty fortunate and um was pretty amazing to get pregnant that quickly yeah yeah awesome and how did you find out that you were pregnant did you have any symptoms or take a test what happened there um I started doing really silly things (laughs) (laughs) um I uh, I actually left my handbag in a cafe. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and uh, we were driving away from the cafe, and then I was like, "Oh my god, my handbag!" And so we drove back, got got the handbag, like it was all fine. But just really random, stupid things like yeah. that, yeah. just forgetful stuff. And I was like, "This is weird. Um, I'm just, you know, not kind of myself." Um, didn't feel sick or anything like that. Um, just really silly things. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think my period was about two days late. Um, so not crazy, but just thought, you know. But also in the back of 
like my mind I just thought we'd there's no way we could get pregnant in the first pop you know so um I did a test and um yeah there it was yeah (laughs) Yeah. awesome and how was your first trimester did you have many um pregnancy sort of symptoms that popped up in those first 12 weeks um I was pretty nauseous um but actually no vomiting so just like the sweaty hands and mouth full of saliva but like nothing would come out um and that kind of went on for like maybe the first 14 weeks um just getting real nauseous and just felt like I was gonna spew but nothing Mm. nothing would actually eventuate um but yeah, no, pretty, pretty standard and just, yeah, just, okay, I'm pregnant. So yeah. it, was, it wasn't like a rough ride that, that first trimester, no. Yeah, awesome. And did you choose a midwife for your care? Um, no, we actually went through um, a team of obstetricians yeah. um, uh, here on the shore and um yeah, so it was just like a team of six obstetricians that you kind of just rotate through. Yeah. Um, we, every time you see them, you see a different one, which was quite nice. You get to know them that way. Um, and then the aftercare, um, you are assigned with a midwife. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. And what about your second and third trimester? So did you do all of the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and – did you end up finding out the sex of your baby? Yeah, so um, did all the gestational diabetes tests. Um, my results came back um, fine. Like I wasn't, I didn't have it, um, but it was really interesting. My One of the obstetricians actually wanted me to retest it um, because I was carrying such a big baby um, that she was kind of like, hmm, I'd like you to do this in six weeks' time. But I actually was really naughty and I never did it again. It was was so disgusting. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) So, I, yeah, I was a bit naughty. So, um, no, but honestly, the second trimester was a dream. Um, I just had so much energy and just felt a bit like me again and just, started um I could eat chicken and because first trimester that all that kind of stuff made me feel so sick yeah um so yeah so it was fine it was really good yeah yeah and so when in your pregnancy did we end up going into lockdown as a country what stage were you at then um so we were well I was 37 weeks pregnant yeah 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 when we when the announcement was made for level four yeah um and they were so strict um mm. with like the information that was coming out was just pretty intense um yeah. for for pregnant women um no no partners were allowed at scans yeah. Um, so all that sort of thing was done on your own. Um, all your um, like obstetrician appointments or midwife appointments, it, and your partner could not come with you. Yeah. Um, so I remember Ben kind of just sitting in the car park waiting <laughs> um, and then having to um, 
come back and tell him the news of, you know, changes or anything like that. So that was a little tough. Um, We, um, yeah, our kind of, our whole plan for Leo um, was at, at, I think it was about at 38 weeks because we knew he was so big. um, He was always in the 98th percentile. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or even off the chart. So his tummy, like it didn't even read on the, on the chart. It was too big. So, um, they, they always kind of had said to me, as we get closer to your due date, we'll do a, we'll do a, um, not a date. Um, uh, what kind of scan is it? A growth scan? Yes. A growth yeah. scan. Yep. Um, We'll do a growth scan at 38 weeks and we'll kind of make a plan as to how we're going to get the baby out. Um, uh, like if we're going to induce me or that sort of thing. Um, so that I kind of had in my back of my mind, you know, even though he was a big baby, we kind of would have a plan. Yeah. Um, and then at 37 weeks, we went into lockdown and my obstetrician um, said that there are no scans, um, no unnecessary scans. So, um, I was like, Oh dear, like what, (laughs) what are we going to do now? Mm -hmm. Um, so 38 weeks passed and we didn't get to do that growth scan. And then at 39 weeks, um, I was like, I'd be quite keen for a stretch and sweep. (laughs) <laughs> to get things going, you know, um, and so I went for one of them, and um, obviously nothing happened, um, and they were like, "No, there's there's no kind of movement in that department." Yeah, um, and then yeah, the weeks just rolled by, and <laughs> <laughs> no Leo. Um, yeah, so that was pretty pretty annoying, but. Um, yeah, we just kind of kept going weeks, weeks on and weeks, weeks kept yeah. going by. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do, I guess before lockdown, did you do any like antenatal classes or birth education or anything like that um, in sort of preparation for your birth? Yes. Um, so we went to, I think it was like six classes on a Wednesday night for um, antenatal classes. Yeah. Um, which were awesome. We had the most incredible teacher. She she was just so honest and um, everything that she talked about was just kind of like, oh, okay, wow, you know, you don't hear yeah. about these sorts of things. Um, but she, it was kind of really focused on the labor and, and the pregnancy and the stages that we were all in. Um, nothing was really touched on about postpartum. Yeah which I, um, at the time I was oblivious to, you know, so (laughs) I never knew kind of really what was coming. Um, it was just kind of like, right, how do we get the baby safely born, you know, and, and how to bath the baby, but nothing really, you know, none of the big stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so did that give you any thoughts on, like, I know you said you tried, ended up trying a stretch and sweep. So, were you initially planning to have a vaginal birth or what were your thoughts around sort of like a birth plan? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I never had a birth plan. Like I was kind of just like, I trust these professionals and 
if they think you know that this baby's going to be mm. really big um and their guidance would be to be induced then i'm all for it and i'm keen for a um a vaginal birth yep. but if they also think that um a better route would be for an elective c-section then i'm i'm keen for that too so yeah. i was super open um i never kind of had anything against pain relief or you know i've i'm all for all for that kind of thing so yeah yeah real open-minded about how he was gonna come yeah yeah awesome Cool. And do you want to take us through, I guess, um, that final sort of week before you had him? And I know that we were in level four. So what were their, um, what were they giving you sort of, I guess, in preparation for what your plan might be? And if you got to 42 weeks or yeah, what sort of happened um, later on in that, in that final stage of pregnancy? Yeah. So, um, by 39 weeks, I'd had two stretch and sweeps um, and nothing had happened again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so I was pretty impatient and it's level four lockdown. You can't see anyone. You can't, yeah. um, you know, I can't go for walks with my friends or, you know, make my mum for coffee or anything that I dreamed of my final um just me time you know mm. um that was kind of all gone so I think heaps of anxiety happened you know or grew from being in level four yeah um and the uncertainty of of having a baby and also the uncertainty of what was happening in the world with the pandemic so yeah um it was pretty scary pretty scary place to be in in, in my head but I was kind of like, let's just get this baby out, like hurry up now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, had another stretch and sweep at 40 weeks. Yeah. So now that's my total of three stretch and sweeps. <laughs> and, and I just remember the, the um, obstetrician being like, hmm, no, there's still <laughs> nothing. Um, you just, you know, baby's just so not engaged like yeah. he he's so high up like <laughs> like they just had this huge watermelon like way <laughs> up high and yeah and I've always heard of people being like oh have you dropped yet or yeah you know, oh she's <laughs> yeah. definitely dropped you know like that yeah. means the baby's coming there was no dropping whatsoever <laughs> yeah. in my belly it yeah. was so high so um yeah it was just a bit weird but um I guess just had to keep doing what I was doing at home. Like, honestly, I ate two pineapples. Um, I had hot curries <laughs> all the time for dinner. Um, heaps of raspberry leaf tea. Yeah, yeah all the things. <laughs> all the things. Yeah. I even ventured out and doing some curb walking in the yeah. before lockdown. Like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> looking like a crab on the side of the road. Like, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, nothing worked. So yeah. it was just ridiculous. Um, and then finally we went, um, back to the obstetricians and now we're 41 weeks and, um, I just was at my wits end. I think yeah. I'm, I'm pretty impatient person. Um, so 
uh, Ben had to stay in the car um, and I went in and everyone's in like full PPE gear and masks and gloves and all that sort of thing and um, went in there and finally got to have my 38-week scan, which was now at 41 weeks, (laughs) just to see how big the baby actually was and what he was doing and that sort of thing. So... Um, had the scan and the amazing sonographer was like, wow, <laughs> um, he's very large. Yeah. Um, he, her estimate was 10 pounds, 10. Oh, wow. Big baby. Yeah, big baby. <laughs> and I just remember being like, holy heck. Yeah. Um, and I just, I think I just started like crying and, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it just made it so hard because Ben wasn't there, yeah. you know, and in those like final stages, it was just yeah. really crappy to kind of hear that like, whoa, it's a really big baby and he's not engaged um, at all. So, um, you know, like what, what should the next, next steps be? And it was really hard to make those next steps without him you know, yeah. in, in person. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the sonographer was like, yeah, um, definitely talk to the, um, obstetrician and just she'll guide you in the right way. So luckily the, the, the clinic is in the same, same place. So the sonographer and the obstetricians are in the same, under the same roof. So just went across the hall and, um, spoke to the obstetrician and, she was like, okay, how are you feeling about this? And I just said, I just really, I don't think I'm in the right mind frame to have a natural vaginal birth with such a big baby. And she was like, um, well, I agree. And, um, I'll, you know, totally uh, back you for whatever you want to do. Um, and she actually said that he's posterior um so birthing first time I think first time posterior and a huge baby is is not easy and um her guidance and her kind of final recommendation was to have an elective cesarean yeah so um again I'm I was really cool with that like I just said yep I yep I feel very anxious about everything as it Mm. is so I'd rather just have that plan set yeah. in place and I'm cool with it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and so from there, did they give you like a date? Cause I, th- I think you said you're already getting close to 41. So yeah. um, what was the plan in terms of dates? And I guess also from a COVID perspective, what was the plan um, or what did they tell you about your partner being there and yeah. what were the sort of rules around that? Yeah, so um, I called Ben, like, straight away, um, and he's just sitting outside in the car park, and I just said, oh, my God, babe, he's 10 pounds 10, (laughs) he's posterior, do you know what that means? (laughs) And he was just like, oh, my God, get a C-section, like, get it today, you know. Yeah, yeah, we just really, we can't have that, like, it's just, yeah, let's do C-section. So um, I just said to her, like, I was still in her room, and yeah. I um, hung up the phone, and I said, yeah, we're on board for a C-section. 
And she was like, cool, um, I'll call North Shore Hospital and um, we'll see what we're looking, what they're looking like um, this week and we'll get you a slot. Um, and so I kind of just left it up to her and she'd call me um, when she found a, a, an appointment, I guess, a free, yeah. a free spot. Um, and so I... Oh, and also um, they had said kind of like maybe that 40 weeks when I went for my last stretch and sweep, um, they had said that birth care was closed Mm. and that no, because of COVID, no one was allowed to go for birth care. And I think that really rocked me. Like that was going to be like the safe zone and the and the place where you can really bond as a family and um, you know just those amazing nurses and midwives that help. Yeah. Do you mean like the transfer from hospital to birth care? Yes. Yes. So there'd been all these kind of like murmurs about how if you're birthing at a hospital, you can't go anywhere else afterwards. Um, you have to go straight home. And by then we'd heard that there's no one allowed in with you until you are in active labor. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we kind of had that in the back of our mind. And, and then we'd heard that you can't go to birth care. And it was just all this uncertainty around it um but we actually um I think the day that we said that we'll have a c-section Ben actually called Walkworth birth care um to kind of get clarification around it all and they were like no no we're we're up and running like once you're here you have to stay here so so dads or um birthing partners aren't actually allowed to leave, um, which was awesome. We thought that's going to be really great. So we were stoked that we could actually go. So, yep. Awesome. And so what sort of happened from there? Do you want to take us through preparing for your elective C-section and, yeah, take us through those next couple of days? Yep. Um, Okay, so I went home that day. It was actually... It was actually my birthday, which um, is also Ben's birthday. So <laughs> um, we share a birthday, and um, that was our the day that we um, decided to have the C-section. Um, we went home and had our lockdown birthday together, and then <laughs> um, went to bed absolutely fine, and was still waiting for the call from um, the obstetrician. Um, as to when it was going to be. She she kind of just said it'll be this week for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we just need to be very cautious um, with COVID and don't want to like overflow the hospital basically. Um, and electives at North Shore Hospital are done on a Tuesday. Um, so she was like, we're really fully booked for tomorrow. I know that, but I'll try and get you a spot later in the week. Yeah. Um, so we were like, okay, cool, that's all good. Um, so went home, had our lockdown birthday, and then um, the next morning um, I was in bed asleep and um, I could just feel this warm, um, 
water like (laughs) all all over me or down there and I woke up and was like oh my god I'm peeing myself (laughs) (laughs) and I like kind of just jumped out of bed as you can at 41 weeks (laughs) (laughs) and this huge gush of water (laughs) just fell out like splat on the ground and my waters broke. Yeah. And um, we were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was just like the movies, eh? And <laughs> Ben's like running around trying to get towels. And it was pretty chaotic. <laughs> and then um, he called the obstetrician clinic and um, was like, holy shit, Alice is in labor. And we're, <laughs> we're having a C-section, but we don't know when it is. Like, what are we going to do? And they were like, oh, no, you've picked the wrong day to have it like it's it's all the electives are happening today it's so busy um but we will we'll see her this afternoon so she will she'll have us well she'll have the last um slot yeah um later today so just kind of like sit tight and um yeah don't eat anything from now yeah um, so we were like oh god okay um and then we kind of so that was eight o'clock on the dot and then um I think Ben called her again um as to like what what we should do and um she was like cool you can come in at 11 but Ben is not allowed anywhere near the hospital Uh, so he needs to drop you at the door um not allowed to come in and um yep and then we'll we'll call him when you're ready to to have the c-section mm-hmm. um so yeah so we kind of just got my bag was packed and all that stuff so um we just got into the car and um drove straight to hospital and yeah ben dropped me at the front door which was really really sad mm-hmm. um it was it was pretty hard to to go in there um on my own and just have that huge anxiety of just like yeah. what am I doing where am I going and yeah. also I'm still um leaking <laughs> so <laughs> waddling around with the towel yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty heartbreaking mm. saying goodbye to him and just not knowing like when he was coming back and yeah it was a little bit scary so um but honestly the the midwife who came down um, to meet me at the door was was wonderful and really warm and kind. So she she just kind of escorted me up to um, the birthing area and kind of got ready for that. Yeah. 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 And so what sort of happened from there? Did Ben wait in the car or did he go home? And I guess when was he allowed in? And then do you want to take us through the birth of your baby boy? Yeah. So um, he left, he went home, um, and uh, so they kind of, I was dropped off at 11am and um, just went straight up to the birthing unit and um, got prepped for the C-section. So um, they kind of, they were awesome, really lovely, and I think they they'd done about three weeks of level four now. Yeah. So they kind of had ill systems in place and they were like, cool. Um, your partner will be here this afternoon when we're ready to go down to theater. Um, and we'll call him and, 
um, he'll have enough time to get um, all his gear ready and, you know, um, be ready for that. So um, they were really, like, clear and concise with what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, within about 15 minutes of me arriving there and being in that room, my contraction started. Um, so, yeah, just contracting for, I think, the next three hours. Yeah. Um, on, um, I had some gas, which was incredible. (laughs) Um, and, um, yeah, they were just talking to me and while I was contracting. So it was pretty bizarre to not have been there through Mm. that and how I visioned my birth to be. I always thought that he would be, he would be there right there and, breathing through contractions and um you know that sort of thing so that was a bit strange um and a little bit hard but the nurses were were fully supportive and I think aware that all these mums were doing it on their own so they they were pretty good um and then all of a sudden it's two o'clock and um they called Ben and they were like, cool, we are ready to go. So he arrived um, and got all dressed up in his scrubs um, <laughs> and his little hat. And, um, yeah, we got wheeled down to theatre. And I remember um, getting that spinal injection and just getting, like, this wave of relief. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. This feels so good. Yeah. And um, just, sorry, Alice, were you wearing a mask and was Ben? Or what was the go no, there? No. We were the only ones that were not wearing masks. Okay. Um, so everyone else were, was in masks and PPE. Yeah. Yep. yep. So some people had those face shields. Some people yep. didn't. They just had normal masks. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but Ben and I were completely mask-free. Yeah, okay. Which cool. I think honestly helped a lot. Um, just kind of just so that for us, it was just like we were were just normal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so went down, had the spinal, um, and then went into the actual theatre and... It was incredible in there. Honestly, they were so relaxed and chilled out. Um, I remember them just chatting about Uber Eats and how, <laughs> we, how we can't get Uber Eats at Neville yeah. Fortnightdown. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just they, they had music playing and it was just so chill. Like, it's, yeah. not, it's not how I thought it was going to be and... Um, maybe because it was an elective, uh, I kind of had uh, 24 hours to mm. to know that, you know, and come to terms with that's what was going to happen. Um, yeah, it was it was really really nice in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we um, we actually brought down uh, Ben's phone, and he was allowed to just kind of snap away. <laughs> Um, at some cool photos of, um, yeah, the actual cesarean. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was really cool to see to see that later. Yeah, cool. And so Leo was born, and did he cry? And how big was he? And yeah, what yeah. sort of happened from there? 
Yeah, so he was born um, just after three o'clock in the afternoon and um, he screamed like so loudly. They were just like, whoa, (laughs) here he is. Um, And they they held him up so I could see him and then they took him over to the side, got him cleaned up um, and brought him over. He um, was on my chest straight away. Um, and I just remember looking at him just like, wow, you are so huge. Um, and ginger, (laughs) um, and really hairy. Um, so he actually was 10 pounds, four ounces. Yeah. So a little bit less than 10 pound 10, but still, uh, close enough. Yeah. Still big boy. Um, and he actually had a umbilical hernia. Okay. Um, so huge, huge, huge belly and like this protruding purple wobbly, um, belly button. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, and they honestly were not concerned about it at all. Um, they were just like, this is actually quite common. Yeah. Um, there's nothing to worry about. And once you're all set up. Um, we'll get a, a pediatrician to come and visit you and have a look at his, um, it is hurting her, but yeah. it, it looks fine to us. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Um, and then we, uh, got wheeled out of, uh, theater and got put into that kind of like waiting area yeah. post, uh, recovery surgery. kind of, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Recovery room. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we had Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think it was like two amazing nurses come and just check up on Leo and me and just to make sure everything's okay and um, did lots of family photos there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we were in there for about 45 minutes just um I guess looking at Leo and that's when they um got him to latch yeah um and so Ben could be there for that which was awesome um and yeah we were just kind of in that crazy euphoric in love bubble (laughs) (laughs) yeah that you are when when they arrive so Mm. yeah it was really cool um and then, yeah, at about, I think, 45, 50 minutes, they were like, cool, okay, Ben, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really hard. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was really sad when he had to go. <laughs> yeah, that was really difficult. Um, mm. And I just remember getting wheeled away from him and him just... <laughs> Standing in the hallway, mm-hmm. seeing him down the hall, just waving at us was mm. really, really sad. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, back up in the room, it was 
it was pretty you know what it's like it's just a whirlwind of emotions yeah. and yeah and you just stare at this little thing that just <laughs> <laughs> makes it all better yeah yeah and so what was your sort of plan with Ben I guess um was he just going to go home and then try to call you guys? And, like, yeah, I guess from a communication perspective, what were you guys trying to do to keep in touch? Yeah, so FaceTime was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I think I would call him, like, honestly, every, like, two hours <laughs> and just be like, look at your baby. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, yeah, so heaps and heaps of FaceTime um, yeah. when Ben got home. Um, I think it was just so sad for him because he wasn't going home to his mates or his, yeah, or his yeah. family. Yeah. Um, he couldn't talk to anyone. He mm. went home on his own, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was really sad. Like, I think, I think it hurt me a lot more than it hurt him because I was, yeah. I was worried about him. Felt sad for him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just felt really empathetic for him and, and how mm. he would be feeling. Um, but honestly, I called him so many times <laughs> and just show, showed him Leo. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it, it was fine. And we actually chose Leo's name on FaceTime. <laughs> so, so we'd had two names and we just couldn't decide between the two and yeah. then in that 45 minutes that um we were together after leo's birth we didn't even talk about it we were just yeah. like so yeah. in love with this little guy and yeah. um yeah so then he got home and i was like babe what are we what are we gonna call him <laughs> um yeah so it was quite cool that's yeah. that's um a moment that will always i know be be stuck in my mind that, yeah, yeah yeah his name was chose chosen on <laughs> facetime <laughs> yeah and i yeah. guess from like obviously you can look back and sort of reflect on it now and um clearly is still like a sort of raw spot and even you know i hear you talk about that and just like all the emotions for me too so i'm wondering when you reflect on it now is there anything that would have made it like easier or different or better for you or for Ben knowing that he was going home like on his own and that you guys would have to stay in the hospital without him mm. um to make it better I would have like somehow set up like a zoom call or something <laughs> yeah, yeah and just told all his mates to to call and like done like something fun or you yeah. know you yeah. know how guys get together and they do the wet the head or, yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. Like maybe have set that up for him yeah. um, just so that he had that support. I do know that his friends, um, they called him. They yeah. definitely did. Um, so, you know, and obviously our families are super supportive. So the group chats were just going <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and every photo that I sent Ben, he would circulate. So he was in contact with, with everyone. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that he wasn't, he wasn't sitting at home, you know, in silence, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nothing else that I guess could, could make it have mm. been different. We'd always known that 
in those those weeks leading up to the birth that um, fathers or birth partners uh, mm. would have to leave. So we knew that. Um, it just, I guess, when you're in the moment, it just yeah, takes sure. over. Um, yeah. But but we also knew that soon we'll be reunited, and also that at birth care. Because of COVID, um, they weren't letting the fathers leave or mm-hmm. the birth partners leave. So we were just like, right, we just need to get through this hospital stage yeah, and then get to birth care and then we'll just be this little unit and, yeah. and we'll stay for as long as we need and then we'll go home, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of like our, our thing that was holding us together or yeah a bit of hope you know yeah 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 Yeah. and so how long did you end up staying in the hospital for and then um what happened from there um so I actually stayed in hospital for two nights um and that was only because there weren't enough beds up at um Walkworth birth care oh yeah so the obstetrician came and saw me and she was like I'd love to let you go now after the one night, um, you know, you're fine to go, but you would have to go home and then you're not allowed to then go on to birth care. So it's like a, once you leave the hospital, it's one or one or the other. So, um, I really knew that we needed to go to birth, to go to birth care. Um, I just really, really wanted to go mm-hmm. so um I made the call to stay another night um which was tough because obviously it's a whole nother night without yeah. Ben without yeah. seeing him um but I'm so glad that we did because birth care was just the answer to what we needed mm-hmm. yeah 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 um yeah so yeah that was um it was pretty tough being in hospital um and also the day that Leo decided to come was a Tuesday and um, it was the elective day and um, there were actually 30 newborns born. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. In the 24 hours that we had made, yeah, that we'd made the call to have a C-section. So from that Monday to the Tuesday, 30 newborns were on on the ward and... um, the nurses and midwives were so like exhausted and run off their feet Mm. and um honestly it was like dashing from room to room Mm. because there were no support persons around um so that honestly it made it really difficult um I felt like I was just constantly ringing the bell Mm. like please come and see me because yeah. I can't lift the baby. I can't walk. Yeah. Um, this is when I still had a catheter up there, so I couldn't do anything. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, but I now I get it. I understand why, you know, it was, it was so exhausting for them because, mm. Um, there was no one else to help, you know. Yeah. No yeah. one could change nappies, you know. It was all the mums were on their own in their rooms. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 And so I guess 
leaving there would have <laughs> probably felt like a little bit of a relief mm. knowing that you were going to birth care. So do you want to talk us through your stay in birth care and how long you were there for and, yeah, what sort of happened from there? Yep. Um, so uh, birth care was just honestly a godsend. Like they were just angels in there and so so caring and nurturing and every single thing that I needed in those first like raw days Mm. (laughs) Um, and I think especially because Ben hadn't been around and I'd felt so isolated and alone at hospital that um, being there was just awesome Mm. Um, every single time it was time to feed Leo there would be a midwife there like just hand expressing me (laughs) and all those wonderful things and trying to um just teaching us and um it was awesome honestly they were there to um teach us how to bath leo and even let us go for a walk around the garden you know be minding leo while we were walking and um just Oh, it was just so caring and yeah, it was amazing. I'm so, I'm so thankful that there is a facility like that and it's free for New Zealand women because it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. I couldn't Mm. speak highly enough for it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what happened, I guess, from there for you guys? So you obviously take your little guy home and start your life as a, um, family of three and what were those next couple of weeks like for you guys yeah so um took Leah home and we're still in level four lockdown yeah um which um was actually really nice because um there was no pressure and didn't have to um get out of my pajamas if I didn't want to (laughs) and didn't have to clean the house um, for for visitors, um, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was, it was quite nice to be in level four, um, Mm. in those initial first few days. Um, I remember driving home from Walkworth, um, and going past my parents' house, um, and, which was really naughty but um we obviously all stayed in the car we just Mm. waved from the car and they stood on the driveway like oh my god you know there's our first grandchild (laughs) so super emotional and super super tough to see them crying you know from behind the the door the glass door but um all making memories and (laughs) that sort of thing so yeah just took him home and I guess got to know him and um yeah just heal um from my c-section and just take it easy in that first week um and then yeah that's when all kind of the magic of a newborn started (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and he he I guess week two honestly Leo just turned into such a different baby like Mm. that that we'd had at um walk with um he he really woke up like he was just like this alert Mm. eyeballs like pinging eyeballs (laughs) um yeah just super kind of um alert and um 
quite an intense baby, so mm. um, heaps and heaps of crying. Yeah, which kind of eventuated and turned into colic and um, just screaming and screaming episodes. Mm. So that was really, really tough. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, from about week two, um, the screaming would just go on for hours. Mm. Um, which was really hard. Um, yeah. And I remember, so the obstetrician team, um, once you have the baby, you get, um, assigned a midwife to come to your house. And, um, yeah, we had this midwife and she basically was like, yep, he's just super windy. You've got a really windy baby. Um, and kind of just gave me a bit of tips and help and, um, sort of things that I could be doing um but basically just strap in for the ride and Mm. um it's a phase it'll pass it'll get better um and man it was tough Mm. like he just screamed and screamed and screamed um and yeah I just remember like two o'clock in the morning just he was still going and we were just taking shifts yeah of like how to calm this baby down Mm. and and it was like this cycle, so I'd feed him, and then he was just gulping so much air, and so then the bubbles would just get trapped, mm. and then, you know, so like, yeah. it's just this ongoing thing, like, oh my goodness, the only way to calm him down was to feed him, but then he would get bubbles, mm. and oh, it was just so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but man, yeah, so I guess um the first couple of weeks were super super rough um yeah I my breastfeeding journey it wasn't it wasn't great um I looking back at it I honestly feel like it was just that whole beginning like how we started um with Leo and um, I had had heaps of anxiety about the lockdown mm. and um, giving birth without Ben and all that sort of thing. I think I just carried it, you yeah. know, um, yeah. I carried it with me and um, breastfeeding was just not what I thought it was going to be. Mm. I, um, you know, I've heard or seen or friends have spoken to me about breastfeeding and how you just get this most intense bond with your baby and how it's so beautiful and all that sort of yummy stuff (laughs) I I just remember being like this is awful like oh my god like I just had this huge knot in my stomach every Mm. time it was time to feed Leo um I just remember sitting in the um, nursing chair and just crying my eyes out just Mm -hmm. being like this isn't this isn't what I pictured this is not um yeah it just it just doesn't feel right and it's so hard to explain that Mm -hmm. that it just it was just causing me so much yeah um angst and um sadness yeah Mm -hmm. like I just it's really hard to explain I just it just wasn't wasn't the right thing for me and it was making me really sad and um the baby blues were just Mm. huge just completely taking over um 
yeah, it was it was just not right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I remember um, speaking to my mum about breastfeeding and just saying to her, you know, I'll I'll do it till three months. Like I'll I'll do the first twelve weeks, and then then I'm switching to formula. And she was just like, why why would you put yourself through? Yeah through all that yeah um you know to get to a certain point just do it now mm. like who are you trying to yeah who are you doing it for you know the most important person um is you because mm. a happy mum is a happy baby and yeah. yeah and if you're not okay then the whole family are not okay mm. so you know let's let's switch now and Oh my god, I'll be so completely grateful forever for her yeah. to to just say that to me that yeah. it's okay to not to not feel that you know, it's not right or mm. you know, like it's it's okay to to switch yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and honestly the the day that I started feeding Leo formula was the day I just fell in love with him. Yeah. It was it was incredible. Yeah. My whole mind frame changed. Um, I felt like a different person. Mm. I felt, oh, it was just incredible. Like, yeah, yeah it was actually a complete change for me. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And I guess um, from there, I, I remember reading in your email that you've been trying for baby number two. Um, yeah. And I guess I'd love you to take us through the journey to deciding that you want to have another baby and and how things have gone from there. Yeah, so I guess when Leo was about nine months old, um, we were kind of like, hmm, we could totally have another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kind of um, all that... um, newborn stuff had kind of gone and we're really settling into this yummy scrummy Mm -hmm. um cute bub and we he was sleeping through the night and we were just yeah just felt like the dream yeah we were actually (laughs) living the dream as parents and it was just so cool like Yeah. yeah we were we were sweet with it um and um at uh about yeah about nine months we were like we should start trying um again i mean the first time was an absolute fluke yeah um who knows how long it'll take this time um so yeah let's just let's just get going and um yeah we started trying and got my period and i was like hmm okay um totally fluke the first time then mm. obviously and then the next month got my period again third month period again and then fast forward to um eight months of trying and still no baby yeah um so honestly everyone all my mates were just like you just need to relax Mm -hmm. you need (laughs) dreaded relaxing (laughs) just chill you know um you were completely blessed with a a one-hit wonder um, when you got pregnant. You know, not everyone gets pregnant on their first time and it'll happen when it's going to happen. And I was like, yep, you you guys are right. I know, I totally get it. Um, but I am an impatient person mm. and um, I want to know. I 
totally want to know what's happening and yeah um can I be doing something different or is it me or is it Ben or you know like what's going on um and so I actually made a call to fertility associates yeah um which was so easy I thought that you actually had to be um referred Mm -hmm. by your GP um but I just looked up their number googled it and (laughs) called them and was like hi Um, and I just explained our situation. I've had a baby. Um, I had a C-section. Um, yeah. And we've been trying for eight months and we're so super keen to have another baby. So kind of like, what can we do? Um, and this amazing nurse on the other line was just like, um, you know, you haven't been trying for that long. Um, but what you could do is go get your partner's sperm tested um, and then after that we could even um, get you an appointment here and you can um, have a have a chat to one of the doctors. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep, did Ben's sperm test and absolutely flying colours, like all good <laughs> in that department. Um, and... So I just called um, again and was like, yep, cool, I'm ready to come in. Um, And so made an appointment and spoke to this incredible doctor who was kind of just like, honestly, on paper, you two should have a baby by now. Mm -hmm. There is is nothing underlying, um, you know, Alice, you're, you're absolutely fine you've had a baby before, your body knows exactly what to do, Ben, you're all good, like, Mm. let's, you know, you should definitely have a baby, so let's have a look at what's going on on the inside, Um, and so he um, actually did a ultrasound, Mm -hmm. um, and had a look, got it up on the big screen, and you know, even told me that my right ovary ovulated that month, um, like super, Mm. just like everything is working here, like you're all good. And then he went over my C-section scar and, um, was like, bingo, there it is. Mm. Um, and I was like, what do you mean? There's what? Like, what are you (laughs) talking about? And he was like, yep, just what I thought it was going to be. And I was like, what, what? And he said, um, you've got a C-section scar defect. Mm. Um, And it's basically where the C-section scar is, um, the incision, um, it's created a hole or a sac um, on the inside, so in Mm -hmm. my uterus. Um, And basically... What it does is every month when I have my period, it fills with menstrual blood. Right. And um, it, I guess it creates like a stagnant um, area Mm. and it just slowly trickles that blood out. Um, And and what that does for your uterus is um, creates like a hostile environment mm-hmm. um which were his words um and that the the egg that gets released every month um 
it just kind of just says, I don't want to be in here. Like mm. it's, it's not a safe zone. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to fertilize anything. So it just releases itself every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sperm also, um, just, I guess, die or disintegrate mm-hmm. or yeah, nothing really goes on in there. Um, so I was like, wow, okay, this is strange. I've never, ever heard of this before. Mm. Um, he actually called it, um, there's a scientific name, <laughs> um, like an isthmacel or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, it's a C-section scar defect. And yeah. um, I just said to him, how does this happen? And mm. He was like, um, it's one of two things. You either didn't heal correctly, so um, doing too much, lifting, um, vacuuming, you know, that sort of mm. thing. Um, just overdoing it in the healing process of my caesarean. Um, so it was either then or um, it was a stitching malfunction. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he used to um, do C-sections and he said back in the day we used to do two layers of stitching and now um, it's acceptable and perfectly fine to just do one layer. Um, so it could be that, that your mm-hmm. body just needed to or, you know, something like that. Or, um, but we can't really, we can't pinpoint that. We can't, mm. we can't fault anyone. It's just. It, it's happened. here, yep, yeah. it just happened, it's here, and this is how we're going to deal with it. So um, I basically was like, right, what do we do? Um, and he just said, you're going to need um, to go to the hospital and have us, we need a second opinion. So you're going to have to go get a HSG exam done. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they just inflate a balloon up there and um, insert some dye yep. and then we're just going to see where the dye, the dye goes to um, we want to see it filling that that sac in your, mm-hmm. your, your uterus um, and then we're going to measure um, how big it is and um, take some photos and just that sort of thing mm. and then once we've done that then we will do a surgery to sew it back up um, and so that there's no, there's no hole basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you back up and then you're going to have to wait for three months until you can start trying again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was like, okay, cool. We've got a plan. It's pretty yeah. crap that, yeah. um, this has happened, but I'm so glad that we went and kind of just took matters into our own mm. hands basically and was like right what's going on yeah. and um so glad we have answers now so that we can just get on with it yeah um but once again covid strikes yeah and... god bloody covid <laughs> and then my appointment for the hospital to get um the dye inserted was on wednesday last week which mm. was the first day of lockdown <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, they called me and they were just like, we're really sorry, yeah. but we're not doing those sorts of tests. Yeah. Um, the whole, yeah, bodily fluid stuff does, does not mm. cover under 
um, level four. So we're not allowed to see you. Mm. So, and the, the tricky part about these tests is that they can only be done while you have your period. Uh, okay. So you have such a short window. Yeah. So you have to call on the first day of your period and tell them um, that you're ready to go. And then it's just basically a lottery of when, because mm. everyone else is calling, right, yeah. to get these things. And um, and now with lockdown, it's just going to be a bit of a bigger <laughs> backlog. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so a bit crappy, but yeah. um, so good to know that. Yeah. And, like, even, like, how is this a thing? Like, yeah. I just, no one that I know of. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Yeah. But now I am so deep down in Google. <laughs> I bet you I'm, are. Oh, my God. I'm, like, I've joined this um, uh, C-section scar defect Facebook group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who, no one is from New Zealand in yeah, it. Yeah, so, okay. So they're all um, people from, like, Brazil or, like, yeah. America, and they're all just women sharing their stories of that they tried and tried and tried for, like, two years, three mm. years, trying to get pregnant after yeah. having a C-section and couldn't. And, um, and now they then, know why. Now they know why. Yeah. It's just, just mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that there's, there's no information about it. And what what kind of makes me angry is that, at your six-week postpartum mm. checkup, um, which I only had at eleven weeks because of CC, um, because of COVID, sorry. Yeah. Um, they didn't do a scan. They just kind of asked yeah. me how everything was going and how I was feeling and how yeah. breastfeeding was. There was nothing like you've just had major abdominal abdominal surgery. Mm. Um, let's have a look. And yeah. And let's do a C-section. Just, I'm sorry. Let's just do a um, a ultrasound to yeah. check that everything's healed. And I yeah. honestly feel like that should just be how it is. They mm. should they should be checking people who have had C-sections. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So interesting and bloody COVID. I really hope that oh. hope for your sake they were not in here for too long and oh. yeah, you get everything underway. But um, yeah, yeah oh. it's been so interesting talking to you Alice and I just yeah I'm super grateful that you were willing to come on the podcast and share your story because I think there's a whole heap in there that will help other women and who knows maybe there'll be someone else out there who's had a c-section and is having a similar issue and thinks Mm -hmm. that that could be something that's happening to them and yeah I just super grateful that you were willing to share so thank you thank you so much for having me on Jordan it was awesome really cool no worries Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. And if you are a mum who's due to give birth soon and you're currently in lockdown and feeling anxious, I hope that you find something in this story that gives you a little bit of comfort. It's not a nice time to be thinking about giving birth or being pregnant or, you know, there's just so many different situations that different families are in and my heart goes out to all of you so I hope you're doing okay sending you all my love um, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next week so thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you all soon imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.